This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hola, bienvenidos, buongiorno. Hello, welcome to the Low Life Podcast. I'm your messy-ass host, Lo Von Rumpf, and I'm so happy to be here with you guys today. No place I'd rather be than right here, all nice and cozy, podcasting to you live from Los Angeles, California. The Low Life Podcast has become my little safe place, the highlight of my week, and something I look forward to. So I'm so happy to be here with you. Some of you might be listening to this while you're at work right now. Maybe it's just one of those days where you feel like you're just moving at a snail's pace. The day is just going by so freaking slow. If that's the case, don't worry, boo-boo. I'm about to speed that shit up for you. Make your day go by a little bit faster. That's what we like to do here. If you're listening to this in the car right now, maybe you're in some sort of a rush hour traffic situation, a long-ass commute heading to God knows where, Maybe you're debating right now, should I just drive off this freaking overpass, you know? (laughs) I'm just so done with commuting. I'm done with sitting in this traffic. If that's the feeling you have, uh, I feel you on that one 100%. But just pump the brakes there, queen. Jesus, take the wheel. It's going to be okay. I'm about to spice up your day and hopefully give you a little reason to smile today. We have a great episode in store for you. I always like hearing how my listeners are listening to the podcast. Some of you are out taking a walk or exercising. Some people like to travel and listen to podcasts or clean your home or just kick back and relaxing. Regardless of how you are consuming this podcast, I'm just very grateful and so happy to be here with you guys and just honored to be part of your little journey today. If you're new to the Low Life Podcast, welcome, kings and queens. Welcome to this little shit show. You picked a good day to be here. Today's episode is going to be a little dose of serotonin with a splash of oxytocin, the perfect cocktail to get you through the day. So we're coming to the last week of Hispanic Heritage Month. It started September 15th, ends October 15th. And the last few episodes we've done have been all around Hispanic culture, the cultura of the Hispanic people, Latinos. We did an episode on Selena Quintanilla. I had my mom come on for a two-part special, which you guys seem to really love, which was great. Uh, So today we're going to touch on a little bit of that. But before we get into that, I need to make myself a little dranky drank. So here at the Low Life Podcast, I love trying new drinks. If you have any recommendations, by the way, send them my way. Uh, But I do one on here called Trashy Sangria. Did that a few episodes back. So good. See, I love a good bougie drink, but sometimes when you're at home, you got to work with what you have. So my trashy sangria recipe included um, (laughs) powdered crystal light found at your local Walmart, Um, but don't knock it till you try it. It's freaking delicious and looks beautiful. I've made it for my bougie friends and they're like, oh, no, this is delightful. Little do they know that drinks just a little soda water, some crystal light, some frozen berries, little shot or two of your favorite liquor. Mix it up and then sip it up, but it looks beautiful. So there's another drink I want to make for you guys today. This is what I like to call the poor man's Paloma. Are you familiar with Palomas? Oh, they're so good. So it's, I guess, technically more of a summery drink because it's citrusy. The thing is, when it comes to cocktails and the different seasons, I love me a good pumpkin spice. I embrace the fall. I love a good like hot toddy. Sure, delicious. But I don't care what season it is, what time of the year, I'm always down for a refreshing drink. So some people would consider a Paloma, you know, grapefruit season, which I guess is more the summer. 
But yeah, sometimes I want to drink a little summery cocktail in the middle of the rain. And that's okay. So yeah, let me make a Paloma for you. This poor man's Paloma. Okay, here we go. By the way, I'm in my living room right now. I have my Lululemon underwear on, uh, my Selena tee. I got about 15 of them. Selena Cantania t-shirt. And yeah, I have my little bar area set up. It's all nice and cozy in here. Got a couple candles lit. Ah, did some cleaning a few days ago. Feels good. And I want to have a little cocktail with you guys. Okay, so the poor man's Paloma, you're going to need a can of squirt. Squirt soda. You familiar with it? I don't know if it's very popular, but I grew up drinking squirt. I know Latinos love them some squirt. Uh, you could also use Fanta. It's basically a grapefruit flavored soda. So you take a little bit of squirt. Um, you're going to need tequila for this and lime. So the first thing you're going to do is I like to rim my glass with a little bit of tahine. So I take lime, put it around the rim, dip, dip into the tahine. Next thing, you add your ice. Okay. Once you put your ice in there, I'm going to add my two shots of tequila over the top of that. I'm going to do a little ASMR for you guys. Boom. There's our tequila. Then go in with some fresh lime juice. I like to add a whole lime. I love that flavor. Um, most people just do half a lime, whatever your preference is. And then you go in with your can of good old-fashioned squirt soda. And then give that a nice little pour. Boom. Give it a little mix. Mm. Bottoms up. Oh, that is so nice. So refreshing. Yeah, and there you go. Good old-fashioned paloma. Enjoy. So today's episode is a little appetizer platter, if you will, tapas for you. Um, a little taste of Hispanic Heritage Month. We're going to touch on World Mental Health Day, which we just celebrated earlier this week. And it's a solo mission. Sometimes I like to just do a solo episode, and I'm so thankful that you guys enjoy these episodes because God knows I was struggling with them in the beginning. It's just a weird feeling, especially, well, when I started this podcast, it was in the middle of the pandemic. Shit was closed down. Buildings were boarded up. I mean, there were people looting in the streets. Buildings were on fire. It was wild. I look back at some of my journal entries, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, that was a really intense time. So I think me being in a closet recording with my podcast equipment was just like such a unique experience that I didn't necessarily know if I loved it or not. And then it made me very self-conscious because I'm like, are people enjoying this? Like, will this be an episode that people will want to hear? But that's how I started off this podcast is doing mainly solo episodes. Uh, but again, you guys have given me some great feedback. You're so receptive to it. And sometimes it's nice to just have an episode with just me and you. So without further ado, let's jump into it, boo-boo. Let's jump into today's show. So my dad's texting me right now. I was a little worried about him. <laughs> I was like paranoid. I'll tell you why. Hold on. Let me just check his text. What is he saying? What is my father, mi padre? Oh, he's sending me photos. Okay, he's safe. <sighs> I can let out a sigh of relief. Okay, so my dad had a flight to Vegas. That flight's all of an hour from Los Angeles. Well, he was flying out of Orange County uh, Airport, John Wayne Airport anyway. So he's at the airport. It was a Southwest flight. And my dad's going to Vegas to watch the Raiders game. 
now. It's football season. Uh, so he got some amazing seats. It's clubhouse. He's going to be there meeting my uncle. And they just live it up like kings. They just have all the food. It's catered. You know, they got a driver. Like, they're all set when they go to Vegas to watch this football game. So my dad called me when he was at the airport. And he's like, oh, man, my flight's been canceled. I said, oh, shit. Are you just going to not go to the game then? He's like, well, maybe I'll drive. I don't know. You know, it'd be cutting it pretty close on time. We'll see. And he was just bummed because his flight, his Southwest flight was canceled. And so I don't know what's happening with Southwest, but apparently there was over a thousand flights canceled. Some shit going down at Southwest Airlines right now. So my dad was going to try and find a flight on another airline. But again, because everyone was kind of in the same predicament, um, all of the available seats on other airlines were being filled. So he was pretty much screwed in that sense. The only option my dad would have would be to uh, drive to Vegas, which isn't that bad of a drive. I mean, it's about four and a half, five hours, depending on traffic. So it's totally doable. So I call my dad back about 20 minutes later and I said, hey, dad, uh, did you end up figuring it out? Are you going to drive? Like, are you going to Vegas still? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to Vegas. I actually uh, met someone and uh, and we're driving up together. We're about to leave right now. And I'm like, wait, what? What do you mean you met someone? Like you cheating on mom, daddy? Are you going to cheat on my mother? How dare you, you bastard? He's like, no, I'm not. I didn't meet a woman. God, no, I, I made a friend. And, and uh, yeah, there's this guy and we were at the terminal. So I'd walked up to the screen at the terminal and we saw that, you know, obviously our flight was canceled. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I need to get to this work conference. And, and I guess my dad responded with, yeah, I need to get to Vegas, too. Got some amazing football seats that I'm going to be missing out on. So they ended up talking for, I don't know, about like five to seven minutes max. And then the guy said, actually, do you want to just ride with me to Vegas? Should I drive you to Vegas? You can come in my car. And my dad said, yeah, sure. That sounds great. (laughs) What the is happening right now? Like, I would never do that. So my dad's telling me this. He's like, yeah, he's going to be picking me up in two minutes. He just went down to, to get his car. And I said, dad, you don't even know this guy, though. Here's the thing. My dad, this is very on brand for my dad. He's very social. He's like a Labrador or a golden retriever. Like who doesn't love a good Labrador or golden retriever? You know, it's like America's dog. My dad is America's dad. He's very easy to talk to. He loves everybody and becomes friends with pretty much everyone. (laughs) So I'm friendly too. uh, But I definitely think that everyone uh, has potential to be a serial killer. I think there are a lot of rapists out there, psychopaths, sociopaths walking amongst us. So I'm just very careful. I'm always looking over my shoulder. I think the killer is always on the loose. And I think part of the reason why I, well, it's not part of the reason, it's the whole reason why, uh, is because I've watched so many crime documentaries uh, and serial killer type shows, and I love a good true crime podcast. So after watching, consuming all that sort of content, lots of Dateline episodes happening on my end. So I'm just a little extra cautious. I don't live in fear. I'm not looking over my shoulder like, oh my God, I'm going to be killed. I'm just, again, aware of my surroundings, and I would never get in the car with a dude I just met seven minutes ago who offered to drive me to Vegas. Not to mention, like, doing a road trip, that's, like, a very personal thing. Well, to me, it is. Like, there's very few people I'd want to be stuck in a confined place with for over four to five hours. Like, if you really think about it, like, you have your road trip type friends, but you know there's a friend out there that you're like, oh, God, I don't know if I could handle a road trip with this person, like four to five hours there, four to five hours back. That's a solid, let's say eight to 10 hours of quality time with someone. You better make sure you like the person. You know what I mean? Like it's going to show someone's true colors. Plus like, how does this guy drive? Is he a safe driver? Like who is this person? 
oh, the whole thing stressed me out. And I know I'm not alone in that because I called the queen and I said, hey, queen, do you know dad's driving to Vegas with some rando that he just met at an airport? And she starts laughing. She's like, yeah, he's stressing me out. I can't with your father right now, mijo. I just... There's something wrong with him. Like I told him, please take pictures of the license plate. Just I offered to drive with him. I said, just at least take pictures of the license plate. Like, I just don't think it's a good idea. Like this sounds like a Dateline episode. I said, Queen, that's exactly what I was thinking. Who knows who this guy is? What if he ends up, you know, being a killer? Chop my dad up into pieces and throw him in a glad bag. And by the way, these serial killers and sociopaths and complete weirdos out in the world that are doing some freaky shit. It's always like the lead pastor of a youth group at a church or, you know, like the professor at a college or it's always someone you would never expect. He was beloved in the community, respected at work. His family had no idea that there were freaking bodies in the basement. It's always that sort of shit. Like no one saw it coming. So that's the thing. I feel like you never know when people are going to snap, especially in this day and age. 2021 breeds a whole different type of psychopath. So, yes, I feel like you just have to be very careful. And the fact that my dad is pretty much hitchhiking. Like he's like a random hitchhiker who decided to get in some random dude's car and just bus up to freaking Vegas. So yeah, my dad texts me. He's actually okay. He didn't get killed. Uh, He wasn't stuffed in a glad bag. So everything's okay. Uh, And I know he probably wouldn't have done it if he had some weird type of a vibe from the guy, of course. But regardless, even if I thought the guy was normal and like not a serial killer, I still wouldn't do that. The only way I would is if I met someone at an airport and I realized that we had a first degree of separation, not five degrees of separation. I'm talking like one degree. He knows my mom or somebody in my family or a very, very close friend of mine. Then I would feel a little bit more comfortable. I'd also do a little background check, text the friend that he actually knows that he's quote unquote friends with as well. Make sure he's not a complete nutcase. And then I would proceed from there. But even then, I would still be a little bit more cautious. And yeah, come to think of it now, I don't even think after all that, I would still get in a car with someone that I didn't know uh, for a road trip. Mm -mm. So I'm curious if you're listening to this right now, you have amazing tickets to let's say a concert of a group you love or a sports team you're obsessed with or whatever it may be. You just need to get to Vegas. Your flight gets canceled. Would you get in the car with a random stranger that you've just known for approximately seven minutes and uh, take that drive to Vegas? Yeah, let me know because I'm just so curious what your thoughts are on that. (laughs) Because, yeah, I also think because I've lived in Los Angeles for, you know, over 10 years, I've seen some crazy shit go down. I've experienced it firsthand. I mean, I had a guy freaking hold a knife up to my throat at one point, you know, in a Target parking lot and slam my head against the freaking trunk of my car. Like some crazy shit like that. So, again, that's why I always carry a taser. I got a knife in my pocket. Like, I'm ready to go. You know, and I'm always checking my surroundings and I'm also not getting in the car with a random stranger. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little bit more of your scalp? Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. I'm excited to have Nutrafol as a sponsor because I use it. I love it. I'm a big fan of this company. I've noticed a big difference in my skin, nails, hair. Even my sleep has improved since I started taking this. Now I have the queen taking it too, and it has been a game changer for her hair. 
Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. I'm all about leveling up with my lowlifers this year. As a fashion stylist, the first place I want to start, of course, is leveling up your closet. But I don't want you to break the bank. You don't got to spend a lot of money, honey. Design on a dime, boo. You can still elevate your closet on a budget. We want you to save some money here. So I'm happy to have Quince as a sponsor. They are here for us. They're going to take good care of us. At Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at affordable prices. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Oh, they're amazing. I bought these beautiful silk pillowcases for my bed. I got a cute jacket, a cozy cashmere cardigan, and navy blue joggers I'm obsessed with. These are staple pieces for my closet that will not go out of style, and I was able to save some money. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash lowlife for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash lowlife to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash lowlife. I love me a good edible moment. I talk about it all the time on this show. And so I was so excited that Via became a sponsor of the Low Life Podcast. Oh, this is a dream partnership because I love their edibles. They're so delicious. And they're coming on right in time for Valentine's Day. Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. We're talking about pairing aphrodisiac herbs with a mild amount of THC. Their best-selling High Love gummy will awaken your senses, increases the blood flow, and intensifies any sexual experience, even if it's a solo experience. It's going to be amazing with this gummy. The strawberry-flavored one is my favorite. They're vegan. Organic ingredients are used. They have zero THC products as well. So if you're not down for THC, that's okay, boo. Their CBD line is amazing too, which is really great for sleep, focus, and energy. Their products range from 2 milligrams to 50 milligrams of THC, so there's definitely something for everybody. My favorite part about this sponsor is that they ship to all 50 states legally with discreet packaging directly to your door. It makes it so easy breezy for you. No medical card required. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code LOWLIFE to receive 15% off plus one free sample of their Sleepy Dreams gummies. 21 and over. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com and use code LOWLIFE at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. So because it is Hispanic Heritage Month, I just wanted to highlight a couple artists I'm obsessed with that are proud Mexicanos. The first one being Frida freaking Kahlo. Ever heard of her? Gosh, she's amazing. Frida Kahlo, who was married to Diego Rivera. I love both of these artists. They're incredible in their own right. I just bought a bunch of uh, Frida Kahlo prints off Etsy. I'm so excited to put them up in my place. Frida Kahlo, this artist, her work is such a trip. I mean, the shit she would paint. The picture I ordered is kind of freaky looking, but it's basically this like demon looking creature um, holding a baby and the head of the baby is Frida Kahlo. <laughs> She's breastfeeding off of this like chupacabra looking thing. <laughs> 
I ordered that one, and then there's another one I ordered, and it's Frida Kahlo, and she put her head on all these different deer, um, and she has all these spears going through her. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of dark, but also freaking cool. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Frida Kahlo's work, oh my God, it is so unique. It's very special. And it just makes you think. The reason why I love it personally was after I watched the movie Frida starring the incredible Salma Hayek. Oh my God, Salma Hayek. What a beauty she is. Like doesn't age, talented, creative, very gifted, married a billionaire. Love her. If you haven't seen the movie Frida starring Salma Hayek, Treat yourself, boo-boo. It's so good. Salma Hayek rocking a unibrow. That was the Frida Kahlo signature look. She definitely did not pluck her eyebrows. And good for her. Ahead of her time with those brows. Because I've seen some girls now these days, they're growing out their brows. They are brushing them up. They are thick. And they are sometimes almost connecting to just one unibrow. um, Because it's all about eyebrows right now. So... (laughs) It's interesting how, like, remember sperm brows? Like, you'd have it, like, really thick in the front, and then it would just kind of, like, thin out into, like, a little spermy. Like, that was the look of, like, the 90s, even early 2000s. Sperm brows, like, tiny little overly plucked brows were a thing. And now we're in the age of the caterpillar brow, which I love. You know, I have big brows anyway, so I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I'm right on trend. But, um, <laughs> but I'm curious if thin brows will end up making a comeback. Who knows? If Ed Hardy, Von Dutch, and freaking low-rise jeans can make a comeback, yes, people are wearing that shit right now. I just ordered a Von Dutch hat. Guilty as charged. But if people can bring that shit back, um, who's to say a good old sperm brow isn't going to be the trend for Cosmopolitan 2022? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not surprised by anything these days. So, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, uh, back to Frida Kahlo being an amazing artist. She went through so much shit in her life. And the thing is, she used the canvas as a way to express herself. All of the suffering, pain, heartbreak, betrayal, sorrow, and intense love. She was in a really bad car accident when she was 18 years old, um, which caused her physical pain up into her adult life. But she used the canvas. It was very cathartic for her. So that's why I love her art, because... To me, it's a reminder to not suppress feelings and to also feel empowered to always express myself. Her self-portraits are amazing. And when I look at her stuff, I'm like, okay, this is what betrayal looks like. That's the story behind this painting. Or, Or this is what sorrow looks like or grieving. And I've experienced it intensely. So I relate to when I see this painting, I'm like, oof. Yeah, I could see like she was going through a really dark phase in her life with this particular painting, or this is what true love and happiness should feel like in painting form on on a canvas. I don't know. I think it's really cool. So Frida Kahlo, if you haven't checked out her stuff, it's very unique, special art. And her art might not be for everybody, but her vulnerability and her gift of self-expression, my God, is it so inspiring. So that's why I love her art. Just for that. It's inspiring. And Hispanic Heritage, fun fact, she was actually the first Mexican artist, Mexicana, to be featured um, at the iconic, is it Louvre? Louvre Museum in Paris. Is that how you say that museum's name? It's a massive museum. It's also home to the finest artists and paintings of all time. So, yeah, Frida Kahlo is there. I'm looking up how to say the name of that museum improperly in a French. Louvre, le musée du Louvre. Louvre, le Louvre. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, her shit is over there and it's amazing. So (laughs) check it out. 
Oh, you know who else I want to highlight during Hispanic Heritage Month? The Cubano King himself, Mr. Desi Arnaz, who you would probably know as Ricky Ricardo from I Love Lucy. Uh, he was married to Lucille Ball, and they had the hit show, I Love Lucy, which is so good. I still watch it to this day. Like, if I'm having a real shit day and not feeling good, uh, sometimes I'll just put on an episode of I Love Lucy, and it just makes me smile. I've been watching it since I was a kid. I love it. I love, like, Lucille Ball's fashion in it. Oh, with the belted skirts and the fit and flare silhouettes and the beautiful coats. I love the fashion, that 1950s, 60s, early housewife. Oh, it's great. It's very like Mad Men vibes. And also the show's really funny. Still holds up today. The thing that's very interesting about I Love Lucy, and I learned this when I got older, but Desi Arnaz was freaking genius when it came to television. And I don't think a lot of people give him the credit he deserves. Now, granted, Lucille Ball, iconic, hilarious, her comedic timing. I mean, she's... A legend. But the main reason Lucio Ball has been brought into the homes, hearts, and minds of millions of people for several generations uh, in America and all over the world uh, is because of Desi Arnaz. See, the thing is, he's responsible for syndicated TV. He's the one who started it. Syndication and also reruns didn't exist before uh, Desi Arnaz. So he had a production company, Desi Lu Productions, with Lucio Ball. So they were with CBS at the time, the network. Uh, and I guess back then, of course, this is what, the 50s? So CBS was a little apprehensive about putting an interracial couple on television, which is so crazy, a sign of the time. So that was already trailblazing in a way to put a passionate Cubano, Ricky Ricardo, with, you know, a hilarious redhead on television uh, as a couple was so far ahead of its time and was also a big risk to the network. They didn't know if people would be ready for that or they'd be receptive to seeing a Cubano playing his bongos on television back in the you know 50s. So anyway, that was already a big deal. But because CBS was so nervous about it and was potentially going to pull the plug on the show before it even got started, Desi Arnaz decided to just start his own production company. Uh, that's where Desi Lu Productions was born. So he owned it, of course, with Lucille Ball, and they were able to produce their own show. I Love Lucy is a Desi Lu production. Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz will be back next week at this same time. So Desi Lu Productions was born. It made CBS happy because if there was a lot of backlash or America, you know, was outraged by the show, it would fall at the hands of Desi Lu Productions and CBS could wipe their hands clean of it. So it kind of gave them peace of mind to move forward with the show. So that being said, the show ended up blowing up and people were obsessed with it. And back then, the shows were shot live. They were recorded in Los Angeles. Most television back in the day, especially that specific time, everything was pretty much in New York. So the fact that Lucia Ball and Desi Arnaz were like, we're not going to New York. We want to be in L.A. That's where we want to raise our family and have our life. We could just record the show here which would be a Pacific time zone instead of Eastern time. Uh, but again, there were so many viewers on the East Coast. So basically what they would do back then is they would record the show live and then to show it to their East Coast audiences, there was a camera that would just shoot the actual television that the episode was airing on. <laughs> and then that recording would be used for East Coast television viewers. But the problem was when you record basically using a camera to film a television, 
the quality of the actual program is going to be complete shit. It's all foggy and blurry looking. It just doesn't look good at all. So Desiernez wasn't having, he's like, I don't want some shitty blurry looking version of the show being played for the East Coast. So he decided to just change up the game instead of using that classic camera that everybody was using for every TV show. um, He decided to shoot his TV show, I Love Lucy, using 35 millimeter film, which again, wasn't something that was done before. So when he used the 35 millimeter film, he could now play that specific film in all national networks with the same good quality that people were watching it live. So not only did this genius decision up the ante for the production of television programming, but it meant that all I Love Lucy episodes were now recorded on a permanent, replayable, very high quality medium. And just like that, the rerun was born. Now you could do reruns of television shows, which is awesome. And because they can have reruns, now you could actually have the option for syndication. You can sell the show to other networks and yeah, reruns and syndicated television was born. It was all under the Desi Lu umbrella and the rest is freaking history. Flash forward 50 years later, we have shows like Bewitched We Can Watch, I Dream of Jeannie, My Three Sons, Friends, Seinfeld, The Office, all these amazing shows uh, that we can watch over and over. They're all syndicated. We get all the reruns we want. But that's all thanks to the Cuban king himself, Mr. Desilu, Ricky Ricardo. So, yeah, so kudos to him for being a freaking trailblazer in the industry. And props to Lucia Ball because uh, Desi Arnaz wouldn't have even been on the show or included on it if Lucia Ball hadn't put it in her contract that she wanted her husband to be played by uh, her actual husband, Desi Arnaz, because they were going to cast a white actor for the role of her husband. But because she was trying to save her marriage and she wanted to spend more time with her husband, who was very known to be out in those streets sleeping around town. So Lucia Ball was like, I can keep an eye on him. Uh, and also we could film and have some sort of a normalcy of life. Uh, which worked out, you know, for most of the show until it didn't. They had a very tumultuous marriage. And I'm actually excited. They're doing a movie on Lucille Ball's life, her personal life. Of course, the story of Desi Arnaz will be, you know, part of it. It's very intermingled into the life of Lucille Ball. But I'm excited for it. Nicole Kidman is going to play Lucille Ball. (gasps) Ooh, I think that could be good. She's an amazing actress. She's not a comedic actress for the most part. But from what I've learned about what this movie is really about is not the iconic scenes from Lucy that everyone knows and loves, like the Vitamita Vegemin and, you know, when she's eating the conveyor belt chocolate and all that sort of funny stuff. I'm your Vitamita Vegemin girl. Are you tired, run down, listless? Do you poop out at parties? Are you unpopular? The answer to all your problems is in this little bottle. A uh, little bottle. <laughs> I don't think that's the focus of this film. I think it's very like personal life of Lucio Ball um, when the curtains closed and the woman that she was. So I don't think Nicole Kidman will have to be hilarious for this role. Um, So yeah, I'm excited to see that. It was cool. I was at this costume shop in Burbank. This costume shop is freaking incredible. It's not open to the public. You have to be part of production or have a SAG card or, you know, to actually pull pieces from there, get clothes from there. Um, But it's wild. It's about the size of a Costco. And then just picture a Costco with hundreds of rows of clothes, uh, and they're separated by each decade. Starting at the 1800s, but it's all separated by different genres and decades and specific styles. And I've done a shit ton of music videos. Um, so whenever I have a project like that, or it's a period piece, um, I'll go to this specific rental company. There's a few of them in LA. But the one I went to not too long ago, it was cool because I was getting stuff for this uh, commercial I was doing. 
and I had to dress um, three actors like 1950s style. So I went to this, you know, costume warehouse uh, to get some pieces. But as she was checking me out, I was looking at all the other racks of stuff that was going to be going out for other productions. And the thing is, I'm a stylist, but this is more the world of like costume design, which I love to do too. But that's a very specific market to be in. It's incredible. Like uh, Janie Bryant from Mad Men, she's the costume designer who did all of the beautiful looks for Mad Men. Uh, for a moment, I thought, you know what? I don't even want to be a stylist. I just want to do strictly costume design. But then I realized like, I'd have to be on set for like three to six months at a time. <sighs> yeah, I just I didn't want that life for myself. So I get to do some costuming in my career, um, but I'd say 90% of my work is styling. Then sometimes I'll get to throw a fun little fashion costume design moment for like a commercial or a music video. But anyway, I'm there at the checkout area and I start going through snooping around other racks and I see all these beautiful 1950s dresses and it says Nicole Kidman, Lucille Ball production. And I was like, oh my God, these are literally Nicole Kidman's costumes. How cool is this? So anyway, I was going through and she had all these cute cardigans and beautiful dresses and skirts and these really cool hats. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So anyway, I can't wait for that movie to come out. Who knows when it will actually come out, but I know they're filming it. I know they've been working on it. So yeah, I think that's a good way to end Hispanic Heritage Month on a high note, celebrating Frida Kahlo and Desi Arnaz. Oh, and throw in Salma Hayek too, because she's incredible. Is your New Year's resolution to find time-saving solutions so you can spend less time doing things like grocery shopping and more time with your little one? As a busy parent, I'm always looking for products and brands that will make my life easier. What is one change that's easy to make that will make your life easier in 2024? Little Spoon. Little Spoon delivers fresh, healthy meals and snacks that your kiddo will love for every eating stage. Little Spoon is a one-stop shop for healthy, easy mealtime and snack time for your baby, toddler, and big kid delivered right to your door. Their goal is to make keeping your kid healthy feel like the easiest part of your day so that you can cut through all the drama of mealtime. Time-saving and convenient without compromise. Little Spoon delivers baby blends, biteables, plates, smoothies, snacks, and lunchers. Kids love it, and you will too. It's all so fresh, so delicious, and made with the cleanest, high-quality ingredients. Did I mention it all comes right to my door? So flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. I pick the menu and change it up what I order every time. The price is right, the quality is unmatched. I love it, my kids love it, the grandparents love it, and I know all you lowlifers will love it too. A huge win-win-win for my family, and it can also be for yours. Simplify your kiddo's mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash lowlife and enter our code lowlife at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. I also thought right now would be the best time to share a recipe with you guys. Considering you guys message me all the time saying, Lo, we want some good Mexicano recipes. Share the deets. Give us the grub. So I'm about to give you guys a bomb recipe. This is a basic dish. This is just laying the groundwork, the foundation, if you will. Uh, but I'm about to give you a quick recipe for a delicious guacamole. Or guacamole. Oof, just saying that made me uncomfortable. Yeah, a good guac recipe for you guys. The thing is, I've had friends invite me over to their place and they're like, oh my God, I made fresh guacamole. You have to try it low. So good. Love this recipe. And I try it. I'm like, this is nasty. No flavor. So even though guacamole is such a basic dish without a lot of ingredients, 
people still screw it up all the time. Yeah, there's a lot of shitty guacamoles out there. So <laughs> uh, I'm about to give you a bomb recipe. Okay, so this is what you're going to do. You need to start off by getting a mocajete. A mocajete is basically a mortar and pestle made out of volcanic clay. So you can get them at like your fancy stores like a Williams Sonoma. I think they sell them. Um, but you go to any Mexican market and they'll have them there for super cheap. You got to make sure you treat them first, you know, and you can find that online, like how to cure a mocajete. So it usually involves, you know, taking water and rice and grinding it into the bowl, you know, to get all the flavor in there. And so anyway, watch that on YouTube. But the reason why using a mocajete is a game changer for delicious guacamole is because when you use it, you get different flavors. Like when you actually smash like garlic and things like that, it releases enzymes and the flavor is so freaking good. It's the equivalent of using uh, like a cast iron skillet to make like a baked mac and cheese or something like that. It does come out different. The flavor is better. It cooks better. Um, and that's the same premise uh, for using a mocajete. So anyway, get out your freaking mocajete. Make sure you cure it, treat it so it's ready to go. And then you're going to need ripe avocados. I'd say what? Four ripe avocados. Depends on how many people you're making guacamole for. But get perfectly ripened avocados. I like to do one yellow onion and then half of a purple onion because it adds a little sweetness to the guacamole. And then I add cilantro, jalapeno, or a serrano chili, garlic, salt, pepper, lime. The thing is I put one whole lime and half a lemon because I like both citrus flavors up in my guacamole. So you get that going, crush it all up, mix it, mash it, flip it, reverse it, and you're good to go. The thing is with the onions, the finer you chop them, the better. Because I like my guacamole to have a very creamy consistency. And the thing is, when it comes to actually making this dish, uh, you know, people will be like, oh, shit, I don't have any garlic or I don't have cilantro or, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't have serrano chilies or jalapeno. If you're missing one of those ingredients, you could still make the guacamole. You got to improvise. Bring out the garlic powder. Boom. Cayenne pepper works as a great substitute for actual jalapeno just to add a little bit of kick to your guacamole. I personally don't like tomatoes in it. Uh, that's not my favorite. Some people love it. I think they're just mushy and it's just not the flavor I like in the guacamole. But again, if you're down for some tomatoes, you could throw those in there too. But I think being generous with your salt, your pepper, your garlic, making sure you put lots of lime and lemon and really get the onion in there. All of those flavors coming together. Mm, so freaking good. Sometimes I'll add a little tapatio or cholula or whatever hot sauce I have, throw a little bit of that in there, you know, to zhuzh it up a bit more. And you serve it up with either tortilla chips, uh, jicama chips are freaking delicious too, or uh, plantains, which you could use for a ceviche as well. I've been to a couple restaurants that do a guacamole, but they'll do um, fried bacon on top. I don't eat pork. I'm not down for that. But the people who do love bacon, which I think are most people, <laughs> would definitely enjoy that. So if you want to get a little fancy with it, once you end up uh, making your guacamole, uh, do a few pieces of bacon and then chop some onions up and then cook the onions and the bacon so you get um, the caramelized onions and bacon together. Great flavor and sprinkle that over the top and people will go nuts. Let me know if you guys end up trying this recipe out or if you have any recipes you want to send my way. I'm always down to try out a delicious new recipe. And all the food that I cook and the recipes I have, a lot of them are the queens um, I put in the Low Life Facebook group. So if you're not part of that little fiesta, come on over to the Low Life Facebook group. Join the party. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Low Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We got some great shows coming in hot for you in the next few weeks. Oh, on the holidays too, we'll do special little holiday episodes. Oh, I'm excited. So many fun things coming up. 
I love doing the show, but I wouldn't be able to do it without you, my lowlifers. I owe everything to my listeners, and you guys are some incredible people, and I've gotten to build this little lowlife pod community, and I'm just, again, very grateful for you. And I was thinking of a way to show my gratitude and just say thank you to you guys. So, of course, I'm going to use my top love language, which is gifts. Send some free shit to you guys. That's right. I'm opening up the Low Life Gifting Suite. I'll be picking people at random who leave a review on Apple Podcasts and sending you a little something-something. It could be a gift card, a gift from our sponsors, hyaluronic serums, beauty products, shit you didn't know you actually need from Amazon, and some of my favorite things. So yeah, I have a whole bunch of gift boxes that I'm making and I'm sending those out uh, to you guys. So again, thank you for taking the time to actually review the podcast And it could be anything you want it to be when it comes to leaving a review. Honestly, like the more reviews, the better. It helps a podcast, especially an up and coming like new little shit show like us. There are people who have thousands of episodes out. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. You know, we're only 50 episodes deep. It's a new show. Um, So you showing your support and taking the time to actually leave a five-star review really does a lot to help, and it doesn't go unnoticed. And from what I've learned uh, from my producers and stuff, that when you leave reviews on Apple Podcasts, it helps with the algorithm. It helps with getting sponsors. Of course, using the sponsor codes, that also helps the podcast so much. Um, But again, when it comes to reviews and five-star ratings, uh, it just keeps this little shit show afloat. So thank you for taking the time to do that. Um, It could just be a simple little emoji, throw a couple little dicks my way, a salsa dancer or two, a few tamales and a rainbow, whatever you want it to be. Or you can actually write a message, like leave a review. Um, Again, it's all welcomed and the more the better. I've had uh, listeners that have written several reviews. So thank you for doing that. I really, really appreciate it. I just want to take a moment to shout out some low lifers who took the time to leave a lovely review on Apple Podcasts. Okay, first one up. Here we go. This one comes from at EMJ Burt. MJ Burt writes, five stars, leaving a little love for my spicy low. Your podcast is my number one, and I love you, the queen, Miss Canadian Maple Delight, and every episode you've crafted. Drink your water. <laughs> Thank you for that sweet review. And yeah, I do actually need to drink some freaking water. I've just been drinking tequila so far today. (laughs) Shit. Next review comes from N-E-L-D-A-N-88. Nelda N-88. Nelda N-88 writes, Highlight of every Thursday, five stars. Thank you for your podcast, Lo. I look forward to listening to your stories every Thursday at work. Sometimes it's hard to hold back my laughter in a quiet office space. I'm so happy that you are highlighting the Hispanic culture on your podcast. Your episode about Selena is one of my favorites as I am a big Selena fan myself. (gasps) I love that. Yes, Selena fans unite. Sending you so much love from South Texas. Oh, damn. You Texas girl. I love that. Oh, thank you for that review. And I was actually so happy with the feedback I got from that Selena Quintanilla episode because in my head, in my little Chicano world, everybody knows who the hell Selena is and she's a freaking national treasure an icon. But I realized there are some people who aren't familiar with her music and didn't grow up listening to her. And I'm like, oh, wait, there are people who aren't Latinos, Hispanics in the world. Oh, oopsies. (laughs) So uh, the people who are introduced to her for the first time are like, holy shit, I'm loving her music or her story, or I watched the movie about her or the Netflix series. and, And they're learning about her and they're like, oh, this is awesome. So I'm happy you could introduce this amazing artist to new people. So yes, Selena's uh, legacy continues to grow. So yeah, I love uh, getting feedback from the listeners. And I'm so glad you enjoyed that episode because I freaking loved recording it. 
doing a deep dive into Selena Quintanilla's life. All right, next review comes from Christy Singh 12. Christy Singh 12 writes, love the lowdown, five stars. Hey friend, I'm Christy Singh 12 from Instagram. We've had a couple DMs here and there. I always get so excited when a new episode comes out. Something always about your voice and your personality always puts me in a better place. I'm 100% sure if we were in the same circle, we would be the best of friends. Weirdly enough, the first time I ever heard about you was on Ariel's first podcast. Oh, the Only Child podcast. Oh, yeah. I co-hosted that one with her. God, those were fun times. All right, back to Christy Singh 12. She writes, but I am a huge KB fan. Same Z's. And listening to all of the episodes made me happy for this little pod family. Please keep shining that bright light that you are. And then she continues to write, days later, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> but wait, there's more. So I was talking to this older man, Mexican, at the bar. LOL. <laughs> I also told him that I was trying anything. Oh, God, I'm so nervous for you. To preface this, I've met him before, but he could be my dad or a young uncle. But he was also wearing a Selena T-shirt. I was in conversation with him and I was like, I want your shirt. And he was like, where do you live? And I told him because he lived closer to the bar that we were at than I did. So to sum this up, he followed me home. Oh, fuck. I'm so nervous for you. Wait, he followed me home and took his Selena t-shirt off in my driveway and left? (laughs) What? This is nuts. Okay. He is a nice guy and makes stupid money, but all I wanted was the Selena t-shirt. And you were the first person I thought of when I saw his (laughs) t-shirt. Wow. Look at you just meeting a Selena Quintanilla fan at a bar and taking a nice risk telling that man where you live. I mean, I'm glad you're okay and you got a great Selena tea out of it. Good for you, Queen. Yes, I love it. That made me a little nervous at first, but I'm glad you had yourself a good time. And I don't know, this guy gave you his t-shirt. Maybe you could meet up with them again. Get a little something else. Age ain't nothing but a number, Queen. I'm down to date older, too. I don't know if you're down for that, Christy, but yeah, I'm not mad at a little Rene Ongenil Celine Dion vibe. Yeah, why not? But thank you for taking the time to leave that review. I appreciate you. And on that note, I hope you have a beautiful, magical weekend ahead. Have yourself a delicious paloma. Make yourself a nice big vat of guacamole. But don't forget to drink your water, putas. (laughs) I know you're thirsty. (laughs) We We love love you. you. And we're out. (laughs) Bye. Bye, guys.